Okay, y'all, this week we had some technical difficulties with recording. We apologize in advance. Our audio quality is a little bit lower than usual. Thank you for being patient with us. KRKA Radio. Hello, hello, everyone, to another episode. Well, I can do this every time. Another issue of our splendid podcast, who is now number 96 in Trinidad and Tobago. Motherfucking <laughs> KRK Radio, bitch. It is me, your host, presenting Table Night, you know, the slut of the group, the Blanche Devereaux, the Samantha Jones. Me, Justex Henry, with my fellow co-host, the insatiable Black Word. Hey, y'all, how y'all doing? We're doing well. Stay nice. Also, my other co-host, the respectable married skeezer of the group, <laughs> our peacemaker, the wind god Vante. <laughs> um... What's up, everybody? Uh, table day. The region's here, and um, Henry is about like ninety percent correct. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, the illustrious, the very sexy, the Omega Top himself, oh. Dr. Showtime. Give it up! Give it up! One time for your mind. Your favorite is here. Um, your favorite from rep, uh, representing Table Dawn, uh, the winner's table, uh, just as a reminder, the winner's table. Thank you so much. Love you. Today, we are going to be reviewing Wolverine number 20 and X-Men number 10 with a lovely sucker party dedicated to our fabulous Hellfire Gala looks. So, X-Men number 10. Take it away. All right, all right. Um, so this issue opens with some clarifications from Duggan about some things pertaining to Laura and why or why not she's allowed to just do the ridiculous shit she can do. Um, they retcon immediately the issue surrounding Laura's adamantium skeleton. Proteus accidentally revives her with a full-body skeleton himself because he forgot that she's only supposed to have claws. Um, and before he can redo the situation, Xavier injects her with the mind of Laura, and she comes back completely animated with a, now a full adamantium skeleton. Um, we then move on to Arako, where Rogue sits on a grassy knoll with a sniper rifle and takes pictures of the moon. Um, Forge and the rest of them work together to kind of analyze the full schematics of what's going on on Oracle's moon, Phobos. They see that the gravity surrounding uh, the moon is breathable. The gravity is more dense, and lots of things are being done to terraform that one moon itself so that they can get away with doing all sorts of bullshit to the mutant kind. Notice that this is a, kind of an inversion of what happened in the last, uh, in the past lifetimes of Myra, where the mutants, they terraformed a moon, but they never terraformed Mars itself. Um, they've also apprehended some civilians on the moon and some mutants, and they're using them as human shields, and Phalong is preparing to do something up until Laura notices that there is a living uh, life form with adamantium on them on the moon. 
thinking that this could be her sister's, Laura goes up there herself and threatens Jean to stop her. On the moon, Thay Long is trying to do his best Emma Frost impersonation, is giving tours to young Chinese children, um, showing them the, the quote-unquote future as Laura sneaks on board the shuttle and tries to break into where she detected the adamantium source. She opens it, and instead of finding anyone of use, she finds Lady Deathstrike, which, honestly, this is my least favorite form of Lady Deathstrike. I prefer the Cuban one from X-Men Volume 4, but whatever, that's just me. Um, they fight for a little bit, but then Laura convinces her to leave with her. Um, after she mortally injures her in one quick use of her claw feet. Um, they then notice that the adamantium in Lady Deathstrike's body is poisoning her, a situation that's the fate of all Wolverines who have the adamantium endoskeleton. Uh, Wolverine helps Deathstrike up. They start leaving until Phalong notices that they have breached security. Um... Jean Grey alerts the team that they've been found out, and you notice that Rogue, uh, Sunfire, and Polaris have been making bets on when she'd be found out. The only person who's not amused is her boo thing, Sink. Um, Fei Long opens the chute and tries to send Laura out into space. From then, Rogue showcases another feat, kind of just to show off that she's not just a flop, she flies at the speed of sound to catch a fastball special. Um, she breaks the sound barrier and breaks the eardrums of everyone around her, flies through the gate into Krakoa and through Arako to catch Laura before she dies in subspace. Um, from there, Wolverine uses her blood to heal Lady Deathstrike. Uh, Scott says some nice words, but then we get to see that Laura pitched herself by analogy that Sink was going to throw her vote to her. Um, she clarifies that she's not worth taking a hit of him, kind of casting a vote in his direction. Um, but then she says, "I don't want to use these, I don't want to use these claws for anything other than helping people." Uh, from there, they all the X Men eat Chinese food. Lady Deathstrike takes off from Seneca Park. And then Destiny pops up at the gate for Rogue to chastise her about wasting her gifts, um, to which Irene tells her to ask her husband about his blind spot in order to locate where Game World is. Rogue goes to confront Gambit, and Gambit helps her connect to Rocket the Raccoon, who seems to be gambling on Game World and taking bets against the X-Men or for the X-Men or vice versa. Um... Then we get more dick measuring where Dr. Stasis is again revealed to be very similar to Dr. Sinister by stating out loud that he is not Mr. Anything, addressed him by his title, Dr. Stasis, which to me gives me another hint on who Stasis actually might be beneath that helmet. I feel like we know him or something. Um, but that's it for the issue. Thoughts, concerns, accusations, feelings? Um... I I have several. I have several questions. First of all, who is Cuban Lady Deathstrike? Yeah. Okay. So I, her name is like Ana Cortez, I think. Um, she was the daughter of a mafioso. And yeah, that. 
that's who um, uh, Madeline Pryor morphed her body into uh, during, I think it was the Sisterhood of Evil yep. Mutants uh, arc. It was the same arc that um, Betsy got put back it was, in her regular That's body. how it ended. Originally, Lady Deathstrike was a type of like a cybernetic implant that had the memories and the muscle control of Lady Deathstrike along with her clo- along with her claws. And she uploaded, Anna uploaded Deathstrike's consciousness into her body and then tried to wage war against the X-Men, not for any other reasons than her being petty and wanting power. And low-key, she admitted later on, like, she just wanted to meet Scott Summers, Cyclops, because she thought he was hot. She was like a teenager who got over in over her head. Um, and that's around, like, the Archaea situation where Sublime had a sister, and his sister was the Sublime version of all technology, um, and so it ended with, I believe, Lady Deathstrike being like removed from her body and then honor herself being left alone and then being used as a resurrection vessel for Madeline Pryor. So the body Madeline had when she attacked, um, Havoc and the rest of the people on the Hellions was the body of Ana Cortez. Oh, uh, I see her. This lady, the dead, uh, Lady Deathstrike. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> oh, okay, got it, got it. Okay, um, uh, great issue. Um, I, it was a great Wolverine-centered story that I think we deserve. Um, Wolverine might have an ally, Lady Deathstrike, because now there's something going on that I think they, that I think the X Men be a little bit more privy of. That like they don't care about humans; they're just about like her human her human parts didn't matter, only her robotic parts. So I think that maybe they might want to take a little note, you know. About the, I think they, I think the X Men don't know yet that this um, man machine revolution is really only machine. Um, it's about to get a little interesting. Um, I did. I, 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 I'm frankly getting tired of Destiny hounding Rogue. Like, girl, get over it. She dating that man. He ain't going nowhere. You know, yeah. you need to you need to move along, sis. Like, let it go. Like, you you not you not like you 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 a deadbeat mom. You ain't been around the last like. Destiny been dead for thirty years though, right. so she don't know no better. Right. I mean, and, and I mean, she been de- she been dead for thirty years, so like right. she don't know no better. She don't know Gambit. She don't know that. No, and I'm like she trying to like, now. So you is this nigga really good for my yeah, daughter? Yeah. Like, so you kind of just need to focus on you need to focus on mystique and making up for all them years that you've been dead. You need to focus on her. <laughs> right. You got nice, got a nice this nice new young body. Because remember, they put her in a young body. They put her back in her own mm-hmm. body. Right yeah, now, she's younger than her daughter. <laughs> She's younger right. than her daughter right now. Right. Right. You exactly. So, like, you ain't fuck go, the go body, pop you your, the your new, like, rejuvenated vagina on, on, on Raven face and leave us alone. Like, girl, leave Rogue alone. Rogue is minding her business. Rogue is saving the world. You sitting here on a, on a quiet council ruining, like, lives of people who, who, who made Krakoa. I kind of, like, have a low-key beef with, with Destiny about the whole... Um, Undoing uh, Mormon Taggart for uh, for Krakoa because that really shouldn't have happened that way. I really don't like the way that all kind of played out, but that's a whole other situation. Listen, there's some bitches that Myra just don't fuck with. All right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I just don't get like how you let some you let some woman walking around in in, in a racially appropriated Aztec mask 
to tell y'all that I don't trust Maura McTaggart, and then y'all basically kill the woman, strip of her abilities, and then and then like you know act like everything is like hunky dory. Like I don't understand. But it. was Irene wrong for that? Really though, let's ask the question because she said Myra's Uncle Tom, and she's gonna sell us all out. Uh, <laughs> she can't be trusted. She's giving Umar vibes. She's giving Sean King. And really, she's not the mother of the movement. It's been a little Black Lives Matter up in here. Myra is trying to have her own little mansion on a farm somewhere and to sell us upriver. And what did old girl do as soon as she lost that X gene? She sold him upriver. I just don't understand why Maura McTaggart, um, to like went, went all this distance to make her co-ed, make all this shit happen just to undo it. Like, I don't understand that. Well, she could have sat down in the no place and altered herself at any time to reset the timeline. I don't get it. But I... You asking to understand you white women never and like... You will never I don't understand know why. the chaos that goes on a white woman's mind. What? Like, white women are going to always uh, work against themselves at all times. They always do it. And they do it in real life, and they're going to do it in comics. So this is not new. Just wasting it. But yeah, I will it's say... Young, um, it's young and rejuvenated. Right, you're not even using it. <laughs> <It's> not <laughs> Let me get a brand new pussy. I'll be like Vontae, his man, you know, all over the internet being, being a married speaker. <laughs> but I will say, though, I am starting to like, um, what's his, what's his nigga name? Uh, uh, what's his nigga name? God damn it. I can't find it. The damn page. What's his nigga name? Uh, Javier, Javier, uh, Pina's, Pina, is it Pina? It's no, it's no thing over the end. Um, I'm starting to like his work over Pepe Larraz's now. Pepe Larraz pretty much is abandoned the book. So, Pepe, we, we good, sis. We done. We broken up. I've accepted uh, Pina Pina as a new uh, artist for X-Men now, since you're never coming back. So, you just do the cover. We need you to cover no more, sis. His artwork is, is sufficient and great. We've moved on. We're broken up. That's disappointing. Yeah, it is. Because he was really doing great work. It's very much giving Joe Madureira back in the fucking 90s and early 2000s, like his inconsistency around the X-Men books. It was very aggravating like that. Can we also highlight um, that Rogue finally did something? Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, I think the last thing that she did was punch a bitch in that issue with the high evolutionary. I think that's the last she thing did she did. She did a verse... Um... What's it called? It's a wrestling move. She did it. It's a whole oh, yeah. wrestling move. Yeah. Oh, and um, the 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 bar fight with Gambit and Destiny. Yeah. Right. Yeah, reverse suplex, suplex by flying up. I, I really wish. But Destiny was there instead. Madeline. She's like a Scooby-Doo villain. She's not getting on my nerves. I don't know. I right now, whose powers does Rogue have permanently right now? It's she has Let's all go. the powers of Apocalypse right now. It's Wonder Man and Apocalypse, I feel like. Wonder Man? Mm, she doesn't have Apocalypses permanently. She just had them temporarily. But when he resurrected, she put them back. She has like a low level it's like, Wonder Man. I remember the issue that happened in Uncanny Avengers. It's like she had his full power, but there was just like, she can't even access more than like, it's like a one for all situation. If you know your My Hero Academia, where she can't literally can't access more than a percentage of it because if she does she will kill someone like she killed old dude i think it was grim reaper or something 
because she punched him in the face and snapped his neck. And she mm-hmm. thought she just like love tapped him a little bit. Oh shit. Because mm-hmm. um, Grim Reaper is um, wonderful. And she has part of Wonder Man's power. She doesn't have the full power. She mm-hmm. just has part of it. Well, my last final thought is um, this is time for me to announce that we're going to have, to me, my Black Men t-shirts coming out soon. Uh, <laughs> just, you know, I feel like it's important to say that out loud that I have that t-shirt idea while reading this week's uh, X-Men comic. Um, just in general, it's just like, huh, that feels like a t-shirt that we would sell. Mm. That sounds great. I like that. It's going to be excellent. I'll draft it up. Um, come, on, come on, marketing. <laughs> any on, other Emily. comments or observations about the X-Men? Come on, Emily. You better, you better run, you better run Runway Magazine. <laughs> well, my name is Amanda Priestley. Um, I won't be a bitch, I'm gonna be a bad one, you know? Yeah, I'm, I'm, about be, I'm about to be like Selena Johnson. I don't work for you, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Your face is like a baboon's ass. <laughs> You're looking fool with the black gums and all. Thank you and good night. <laughs> yeah, she wore her ass out. Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, I was just saying, and speaking of, you know, impromptu references, if we're about to move on, I think it's really topical. Um, to say how this show accidentally has premonitions about things we think we want, and then we get it, and we're like, fuck. Um, so, Henry, why don't you take it over? Tell us about what's going down in Wolverine's neck of the woods. All right, so we are here, sadly, to Wolverine number 20. We are we are suffering through a Wolverine book. All right, so open up with Wolverine on his motorcycle. We are getting some narration. Um about never wanting to be a part of X4, never want to be a part of the X, never want to be a part of the Avengers or even the Justice League or even the Chippendales. And which was like really weird. It was like, okay, well, whatever. Um, he wants to be alone, but then you realize that somebody's narrating Wolverine. Um, you the narration is going, Wolverine is on his bike speeding, and he's talking about all kinds of things that like Wolverine has done for Gene Gray, why he's done for Gene Gray, why he's not done it, um, his experience with the X-Men. Um even him being a spandex and and then we'll uh, seeing Wolverine because he's on the way to the truck to the treehouse to meet the other X-Men. Um and from there there's a big crash and guess who it is? Oh, it's not a big crash. It's a big crash from some semi truck that he hit to stop from crashing to the treehouse. And then we switch over to Deadpool. Um, trying to get into Krakoa and constantly being killed. And then you see Deadpool trying to get through the gates and hopping on somebody's back, getting killed. You see him trying to hop on a Marauder through uh, a liquor barrel and Blob catching him and throwing him out. Him physically actually um, swimming to the beach, getting kicked off. Him um, being in disguise as Wolverine. Looks like the Hellfire Gala being dismissed. Um, him finding Quentin Choir while shopping. And Quentin Carter's like, girl, that's last year's style. You can never be a part of X-Force. It's like him even fighting Wolverine on the moon to be a part of X-Force. He wants to join Krakoa in the worst way. Um, but, of course, it's Deadpool. And Deadpool is, of course, breaking the fourth wall. He's basically walking around in a comic book store and shooting uh, X-Men books. It's great. He's shooting a Wolverine book, so that's deserved. I get it. Um, 
then we, you know, transition to a data page of Sage and Beast having a conversation with Wolverine about his experiences during his during the Ten Lives event and how is he doing, how is he processing, and Sage basically explaining to him, um, baby, just go take some time off. Like, you know, I want to say that Sage is a mixed white woman because, you know, Sage... <laughs> Sage, 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 Sage behaviorally acts like a, a black mother that's raised her kids, and you can't tell her shit. So she's like, "Look, go ahead, and take a big break. You, you've been you've been working hard. I know shit wore you out. I'm making red plate in your face. Be staying shit. I'll handle your father. Just go ahead, and take a little break, baby. I, I got. I'll take care of the house. Um, and <laughs> then." They're sitting having a conversation, and well, Sage and um, Wolverine, and they're trying to figure out more about this Dolores Ramirez lady and doing some like sleuthing about her and getting some more details. Um, they, of course, are like they've been tracking her, and um, they are aware of the fact that like there are some things going on between technology and them. And resurrection, and you know the whole uh, testing. They would have low lab rat experience. They all went through um, in the X Force annual, and you know they hacked the CIA thing to find out more details about the Lord Ramirez. And this lady's a problem. They need to get. They need to solve it. Um, then we switch back to Deadpool laying down with Blind Al, and I want to say this is the Blind Al from the movie. Um, that was played by Leslie Uggams. Um, but they're having a conversation. She's giving him some input and telling him basically to get the fuck out. Then um, Wolverine's on a mission for these details about um, whatever whatever these human organizations are up to, which takes him to the Chesapeake Bay. He is dropped off by Gateway. Gateway like kind of like, like scoots boots, and he's out. Wolverine walks up on the scene of a whole, a whole bunch of dead X-Men bodies, including like Jean Grey. Um, looks like Tempest, Egg, Wolverine himself, Colossus, and host other mutants. And clearly they've been cloning X-Men and been taking things. Because things that Wolverine trying to find his severed hand. And he doesn't know when he lost it or how they got it. He doesn't know. Because probably happened in, like, you know, he probably got killed. They took a piece. Whatever. They want, he wants his hand back. Um, but then in the midst of this, he finds Deadpool up under a dead Colossus. And this briefcase apparently has his hand in it. They are racing across this field, getting shot at. They, of course, started a diplomatic incident. And amidst all this, we find that the person behind the scenes on all of this is danger. Fuck. Thoughts, concerns, accusations? You need AI like me. You need I'm AI like me. Yeah, like, this is, about, oh my God, so like... Bad. I did not want this for danger. We were just talking about danger like the other week. <laughs> it's home cut. Miss Miss Mamas has been. You saw her retwist. You saw her dreadlocks. Better Fish. all these niggas and be be with. She better be with the mutants, or she better. Um, I have a question be for y'all. Do y'all think danger is black fishing? No, I think danger is black. <laughs> that's a black woman. AI up in there. You know, Forge, yeah. you know, had something to do with that. He's like, huh. It's <laughs> like hey, I could have I could have she's she's yeah, uh, she have our technology, so she gotta be black. 
you gonna be my, you gonna be my wife. Now I had a lot of assumptions about the issue. I I think I appreciate Wolverine a lot more when they're actively criticizing Wolverine throughout the issue. Like Deadpool dragging the shit out of Wolverine makes it work. Um, because it's like it's like you know how Lobo is supposed to be like a a full man shoe. Like he's not supposed to be serious because Lobo as a character is supposed to be mocking that kind of like edgy hero. And so if you see him taking himself seriously, you don't like it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, Wolverine mm-hmm. in this day and age feels like he needs to be mocking Wolverine. Like I like Wolverine the X-Men a lot more because it's just Wolverine being mocked constantly throughout the comic and like just making jokes and being playful about like, I used to have edge. I used to be this really dangerous dude, but now I'm basically everyone's dad. Right. You pussy. Yeah, he he's like you're a dad, like you're an old ass man. Like you have you bought this girl a doll baby because she's feeling bad. Right. You have all these daughters, like <laughs> right. Like just chill, dude. Like you're good. Just be an old ass man. Be everyone's uncle. That's it. That's all you gotta do. Um, but reading this issue, I saw all those bodies. I thought for a second that perhaps I didn't think they were robots. I thought they were like actual clones of their bodies. And what they were going to do is have clones of famous X-Men going about attacking people. Mm. I'm like, that That felt like it would be a smart idea. That would be cool. I would be okay with seeing Wolverine tracking down like his genetic material to make sure no one gets a hold of it. I really feel like that should be a team, period. But this is what we get. I don't know. I kind of dozed off in this issue, honestly. I kind of skimmed a lot of what was going on because when Deadpool starts talking, you know, you can't really, you don't want to sit there and read that shit. Yeah, Deadpool, um, I don't know. I like it because it wasn't a, it wasn't a Wolverine-centered issue. Mm. It was less Wolverine and more about Deadpool, but it's just like, I think, um, because Deadpool, 616 and Deadpool in the Fox universe are so similar. I can't do nothing but hear him in a Ryan Reynolds voice sometimes. And I don't know if that turns me on or turns me off. Ryan Reynolds isn't hot. That's the thing, though. He's not sexy. He's not. We, white people lied to us and said that he is. But he, I think oh. Snow Queens like Ryan Reynolds. I think straight men want to fuck Ryan Reynolds. I don't think oh. Ryan Reynolds is actually attractive. Am I Snow Queen? I guess you are. I was going to say, I think I'm like a little bit of a snow queen too because I think I don't, I don't think that he's unattractive. <laughs> so Ryan Reynolds is the, is like the white man y'all would go for. Is what y'all say? I have like, I have a, no. I, have a, I have a black ex that he reminds me of, like a black guy that, that kind of reminds me of him. So it is like, mm-hmm. it's just like, it's kind of just like, I don't know. Like, I mean, you know me, but if his dick is big, he can do whatever he wants. You know, I'm a size queen, so I don't really care about that other shit. I just don't believe that, like, you know, there's, in all reality, there is a kind of white man that I think a lot of Black people will go for. But the realistic, like, archetype of white man that Black people would fuck and Ryan Reynolds aren't the same thing. It's like when you see a white man, you go, oh, I can tell you're attractive. Like, you're not ugly. You're conventionally everything I know from media, no. <laughs> no, that that white nigga, that white nigga who dated that black girl, who like he like grew a beard for being on some reality show with her, 
and now he wears a beard. He's like he's like he's he's a very handsome looking white man. But I think the thing mm-hmm. like I, I really I, this is really off topic of what we don't really talk about on this show because we're about to talk about race. Um, I do find <laughs> that there is this really sweet spot with black folks where they like black people who meet in that middle ground of Eurocentric features still by looking black. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, you have a little pinch of a nose, still got enough of a full lip, but you got Asian eyes and shit. It's just like, like, black people don't like, what's well, called, fe- it's called featureism, right? That's what it's called, mm-hmm. right? So like, I was like, like, I think we really don't, we're not really as completely honest about featureism as we say we are. Like, you know, I like me a wide on nose and full lips. I don't want no man with no... Th- I, I, I could never sustain, sustainably be a white man who ain't got no lips. Even, even if I did that... It's so weird, right? Like, you know, because I'm, I'm, I'm a girl about town. I've had, a, I've had, a, I've had like, a, like enough white men I can probably count on one hand. In my, in my experience of all the hoeing that I do, and I do a lot of homeless, you know, that's probably like 0.1 of the niggas I fucked, okay? Um... But with that being said, I like actually thought with a guy, a white guy who didn't have full lips, and it just like it just it just felt like apartheid. It felt like slavery. Reasons <laughs> like a potato salad. Like it it felt it felt very it felt it felt very racist. It felt, it felt very January six. It felt it felt very much it felt it very it felt very much like you know Ketcher Freeman. It felt very much as niggers now. It it it, it didn't like I can't. I was watching no. a comedy special, a comedy, a very short comedy show over the weekend, like over the weekend, and it said the dude said, "If you don't like me and you're straight, you're homophobic. If you are, if you're." queer and you don't like me you're racist <laughs> and if you're a person of color who doesn't like me you're jealous it felt like all those things for you basically <laughs> it was racist homophobic it was gene phobic it was, it was <laughs> colorist um is the fact you say it felt like apartheid <laughs> oh. it didn't feel like, like kissing like it didn't feel like kissing like a a, a a skin tear or a wound or something. It felt like it felt like if like, you know it felt like it felt like I, I could imagine what it was like kissing kissing like like a, a, a fish out the ocean. It was like it was nothing. Did there. it feel like, like IVX <laughs> felt to read? Do you like very, kiss something and you start going, huh? You know what would be an interesting comic book? If it the Inhumans fought the X Men, I feel like that would be so interesting. It was like, that was like, the, I'm, like I, I'm a Pisces, so I like making love. You know, I'm an emotional. I'm an emotional terrorist. But it's like, if I can't kiss, it's just like, oh, this is going to fall flat for the rest of the evening. Like, this, let me just hurry up and get through this nut and just get this over with. Like, I felt like, I, I really felt like I, I really, like, because this, this is the thing. Like, we often talk about on Twitter about, um, about, like, race and people dating outside their race. And I don't explicitly have an issue with people dating outside their race. You date with anybody you want to date. I do have a concern about how porn portrays interracial relationships and how dangerous that is. However, I just, I like, I just don't, like, if, you, if you're if you going to be a white man, I'm going to date a white man, like, you got to, like, tip a little phenotypically black. You got to be, like, passing in the other way. That's all I'm going to say about that. Like, you got to be, like, Negro passing. And I don't mean, like, you can, <laughs> you can, you can, like, you know, you can, like, fried chicken, you eat watermelon, and you know what Tony Saturated is. I'm not saying that. But, like, 
It's like it's like if you throw if you slap a beard on you, you got enough of a full lip. You, you can maintain a tan without burning or turning red. I can rock with it. So like a Polish and that like a Polish and the dick is beige instead of yeah, pink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I say it, friend. Thank you, friend. See, that's why that's my bitch. That's so my you like a Slavic? <laughs> you like a Slavic Polish? They do like those like Western European motherfuckers. You like? I went from the deep north. <laughs> like, 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 which like I call it the black people of the European continent. <laughs> like a Sicilian Showtime. You're welcome. And Showtime already said he already cast vote that he doesn't understand that. Um, I feel like on the spectrum here that we have going on, Showtime is a purist. Um, he has never been colonized. Wakanda has never been conquered. Um, I'm more of a, it is Wakanda over here, girl. <laughs> I'm more of a Rocco. I can't lie. I can't lie. I'm more of a Rocco. Rocco has been conquered once. Child, well, I had to say about that. We could slide to the circuit party, child, because I, I, you know, we, you know, we know, we, you know, you know, Showtime over here, you know, you know, you know, you know, he just he might be. I just think it's a little racist, Showtime. Showtime, might be a homo tap, but we ain't got no proof. Don't you like to try that? Because, because, bitch, because, bitch, we're on the street, is Showtime make all his bottles use yoni eggs. That's what I heard. All Showtime bottles use yoni eggs. All of them got good grip, though. They all got good grips. So now what? Showtime uses berries and oil for lube. Is that a problem? What's the problem? <laughs> I don't see the problem. Right. <laughs> we, well, we all know Showtime used African black soap for Lou because it's brown. He won't use oh, regular. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's too rough. That's too rough. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay. 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 We can get to the uns, uns, uns already, girl. Yeah, okay. So, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another social party. <laughs> so, 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 today, I'm sorry. So, today, we'll be uh, discussing more of the Hellfire Gala looks. And we got introduced to a few more looks. And we got, um, who do we have here? We have um, She-Hulk, we have Gambit, we have Black Widow, we have Spider-Man, Havoc, Iceman, and Doctor Doom looks fucking fantastic in this um, circular, uh, what is this? It's a, a hooded fur like, coat. Whatever it is. And, and it's like a toga. It's, it's like, it's, yeah, it's like a toga. It's like a toga-like. So it, 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 it looks it'll be fucking amazing. So who do you guys think out of those new releases for the Hellfire Gala? Doom. Doctor Doom. Victor Doom. Victor Doom. Victor Von Doom. Who are you guys? Um, <laughs> 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 so 
who are you guys? Um, Vic Devondo got you. <laughs> so what about you, uh, Stephen? Who do you think has the best looks out of those um, those characters? Well, there's a lot of personal best going on uh, here. I think Havoc it has his best costume of the last two years. I think uh, Bobby has his best costume in the last two years. Um, but period, it's Victor Von Doom. Uh, there's no real excuse one way or the other. Like, Victor ate you bitches up. Um, I'm not sure how you survive this. I'm not sure how you come back from it. Um, I think you just you pray and you hope that you can do better next year. Probably won't. You know, probably will not do any better next year. Honestly, I feel like I agree with Henry's assertion definitely a bit more now because what are you giving us that's of merit and of worth, right? Mm. Um, I have this huge... I'm really strict about fashion because I know what I'm talking about when I talk about, like, fashion. I think with high fashion, is not supposed to look like another costume. It's not supposed to look practical. Like, oh, I can walk around in this. Like, the whole appeal of high fashion is that you showcase artwork and the opulence of I don't do manual labor while I'm wearing this I am the art like this is a part of the ceremony itself and when things are a part of ceremony you're not supposed to dress with that in mind like as wonderful as Wanda looks that is a costume that's yeah. a superhero costume mm-hmm. uh Gambit I'll give him a pass he's showing the hoochie mama his hoochie phase you know that's a jockstrap inspired look definitely 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 a jock look, but it's also still a costume. It's just a homage to a costume he would wear. Uh-huh, um, uh-huh. And then you look at She-Hulk costume. Yeah. You look nice. She looks she looks lovely. Yeah. It's not high fashion. Uh I know Black Widow, terrible. Flop. Uh <laughs> <laughs> And fundamentally, there's a lot to like about what's going on. You could tell Robert Dotterman. These things, Robert Dotterman, it's no Russell, sorry, Russell Dotterman put a lot of thought into what was going on here. But the only one that looks like it was giving ceremony was Doom. Victor Von Doom won. I don't care what nobody else said. That nigga won. Every single, everyone won all the things. I, no one else is going to outdress him. That man. Definitely. And um, I, I have to agree because even down with um, Spider-Man's costume, it, it still looks like, you know, this is something that he would wear in a fight against like Doc Rock or Green Goblin or, you know, Rhino or something. So it's not... Um, is that... Yeah, is that Peter, Ben, or Miles? Like they can be like that. Ben, that's Ben. Ben, who's... Um, who's the, I forget his name. He's the current Spider-Man because Peter Parker's still in his coma. Okay, so that's... Because Miles is the other Spider-Man. Yeah, it's Ben Marley, I think. But I mean, it just that 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 costume just seems like something that he wear to fight the Sinister Six or something. Like this was not. I I I I don't know. I don't know. Um, but that's also like Henry was saying too. Um, 
a lot about what made this gala different was the fact that, um, you know, they always incorporated like their powers or something into like their 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 outfits, and you're seeing less and less of that right go around and um even now to like the avengers like kind of like partaking in it it's like i think okay i'll give like scarlet witch a pass like okay i mean her hair is like you know i mean her hair is kind of like you know on the magic side blending into the costume but it's like that 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 um mutant power um aspect to the 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 fits or whatever it's just it's it's just not it's not like it was the first gala. Yeah, I, some of the costumes, like I will say that Doom is my favorite costume because it looks like a gala costume. But isn't that the difference but between? When I'm, the, I'm sorry. Go ahead. But isn't that the difference because they all have the humans or the uh, more specifically that most of them don't necessarily have a particular they just have a theme. Black Widow is spider themed, I guess, um, a Captain America's America themed costumes that go with their themes, whereas the mutants all have powers. So that's the thing. Yeah, it's just like, I felt like with everybody's costumes, I feel like like Black Widow was is like my second favorite, but it's like that widow mark on the on the front is so distracting. It just like it just kills the whole point. Well, I will say too that Magic's costume is really dope too. Well, outfit is really dope too because it's very um, Terry McGlair for me. But a lot of them just like look like they just like they look like they are like let's go out and test to see this to be a great combat uniform. Except for I will say sidebar. Not a costume, tacky as fuck. Uh, Laura Candy Wolverine could also like the the mask pays homage to her father, also. But it's just it's just it's just it's just a tacky costume. It's a tacky outfit. I forgive Laura's because you can't really do that much as a Wolverine. Like, it's, what can you really do with your power that incorporates? I think it's the best you're going to get with a Wolverine figure. In fact, it's probably ten times better than anything you would ever get from Logan himself. It's like something that Jubilee should be wearing, not her. Mm-hmm. I think that would fit Jubilee way better because that's kind of like that kind of that's kind of like Jubilee's like yeah. that's kinda, that was kind of like her style. Yeah, but that's the thing; I don't think we've ever seen Laura's style before. That's like what's so striking about it is that we don't know what kind of style she has because she never had a personality basically outside of "I'm feral, I'll kill you." But I'm also kind of shy. Right. So I, I, so would you say this is more so like experimenting with Laura in order to figure out like what exactly that style is since she really doesn't have one? <laughs> yeah, I would say so. Because it's not even like I would say, oh, well, if you wanted to pull more from her being Mexican, uh, half Mexican in the, the actual movie for uh, Old Man Logan or for Logan, then you could pull more inspiration from that. But literally, most of her comic book history does not have a lot of attention on her as a person rather than her as a consequence. And so it's like, I can't really even envision that much. It might have been interesting if she came in like a 
No, she didn't have she didn't have a good relationship with Sabretooth. I'm like a Sabretooth inspired look, maybe. But I'm like, she's not even that close to him. Like Dokken, I could say Dokken's look, like he goes more feudal Japan samurai esque in terms of his costume. But that's because it's Dokken. Dokken has a whole legitimacy to him. I mean that's I mean that's very true. I'm just, I, I think that, I think the thing for me that I keep going through these costumes and looking at them, and, I, and, I, and this is a problem I have with everybody's costume, is that like everybody's like superhero brand or logo within all their costumes. It's just like it just I just don't get that. Like why are you guys branding uh, yourselves like? I mean, you're in Dallas. We all know to show Tyrant's like, point. He's right. They're all trying to follow a theme. It's just that that's not the point, I think, of the Hellfire Gala is to celebrate what makes you independent. And I think right. so many of these people, especially like Captain America and Captain America coming up here, I'm like, I did not enjoy like watching Sam Wilson pop up in a Captain America inspired suit when like your history is also as the Falcon. Like that's what we introduced you as. It would be more preferable if you lean more into that you just colored it with something with America, that would be acceptable. Whereas even like Rogers and his zoot suit, I respect it because to him, that's homage. That's a history there. Right. Like that's something he's working with. Um, I think it just also reveals how many characters we see here from the Avengers who don't really have a history to them. Like, you can look at Doom and say he has an iconic look, but Doom, King Latveria, he is royalty. He's done this shit before. Um, and also, he was here last year and got one up, and his ego really would allow him to survive that shit again. He got one up, and he got sunk twice over by Storm. Which we still have yet to see what she's coming with. I feel like we're going to be disappointed this year, honestly. I, I mean, you know something? I was thinking about that, too. I was like, I don't feel like it's going to pop as much as the Hellfire Gala last year. It's I don't think it is either. And, 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 and the thing is that, like, her outfit wasn't one of my favorites either last year, either. It, it, it was, it, I was having, I was having very much like a drag race moment. It's like, it's a, it's a, it's a leotard. Like, what is this? Like, with some, with some gold, with some gold appliques. That, like, like, from the neck up, it was on. The outfit, it didn't wow me. It didn't wow me. It is like, it like to talk. It was the was storm like, aspect of it. I think it was the weather cloud yeah, implementation yeah. of it that pulled it all together. And she was, was the only one dressed like that. Like it's a leotard, right. but you see it is a cross of a Janet Jackson inspired look meets Beyonce, which is the two characters most used to represent uh, Aurora. Like she's always drawn in the likeness of Janet and of Beyonce, and before them, Tina Turner. <laughs> I felt like like she had on a black leotard with great details and great hair. Great hair. I think one thing I will one thing I will say in this era of X Men, they've been treating Storm's hair very well. I appreciate mm-hmm. it. Yeah, just like how Wanda's look is pulled together by her hair, just like Emma's original like the uh, I want to say the diamond look that she had mm-hmm. was pulled together by the hair by the slick down haircut she had. Yeah, right. I'm gonna say so. That damn Emma, she can wear a bob though. I think Emma yeah. needs to stick with Bob's because Bob's is Emma's thing. It's iconic. And also, and also wonder why they didn't show the other costumes in the in the preview. You see Emma and Scott in the preview. And I wonder why they didn't show their costumes completely 
like in full view either. I guess we'll probably get more costumes in the next coming weeks. But who knows? Because comics are. Who are we getting? Comics are all on delay right now. Yeah, the print. Like, it's not just in- impacting like comics. I speak to Connor about this. Is impacting like all of publishing, like books too. Um, and I'm trying to get more details about what exactly is going on in the printing crisis. I think there's a thing about a paper shortage overall, like across the board, is a paper shortage. And the industrial amounts of paper that is used by these companies are typically, so I'm guessing is that it's a tree issue, really. It's like one of those things that is like, it's definitely a ripple effect of something else. It's like, not, not that we can't get contracts where we can get paper. It's, we can't make paper, period. And so they won't allow us to print anything right now except for a certain amount. Oh, yikes. I don't know. I'll buy digital. I like my comics in hand, so I wasn't able to No, you have a smart idea. You do it more better than I do. Like, I think with y'all, y'all, y'all get a collection going and y'all have that investment. Yeah, because um, I, yeah, I feel him on that because I actually like to have like the physical copy. Now, I don't mind digital because digital is shit. Like, I could just be, you know, laying in the bed. Oh, no issue out. Boop. You know, it's right there. Download it. But I actually like going into the store and grabbing and browsing mm-hmm. and, and, and stuff. It's just, it's. I liked it better before Comixology sold its soul. Uh, see, I don't know what happened with this. So, Comixology changed up the format. They no longer have their own website. They closed that down. They shuttered it, and they also did a bunch of shit. Like it, it wouldn't be bad if you only bought comics from mainstream publications. However, the thing about Comixology that was really cool to me was that I could see a whole network of indie comics too. And so I saw like I saw a lot of black owned comics through that. There's a lot of black creative comics through Comixology, and I would throw money at them, literally just pre-order them off the whim, because they're also really cheap. And like you can support these indie publishers way easier. And by supporting them and giving them money, they will get like they'll get knocked on by a mainstream publisher who'll go, Oh, yeah, we might be maybe we can't do anything with the comic you own, or you probably don't even want to sell it. But would you like to come write for X-Men for like a week? Or would you like to pitch us some stuff for this other comic? Or would you like to be in Marvel Voices at all? Like things like that would happen. And then like everyone was just doing it. No one talked about doing it, but everyone apparently was doing it at the same time. And like when it happened, that's when everyone realized that all of us were in fact doing that at the same time. Like we were using comicsology to support these indie publishers. And they shot them in the leg. Like, they, I think it was a bad business decision overall. Yeah, it sounds like one. It was dumb. Yeah, it sounds like one. But did you guys see, like, that there's also apparently a leak on all the Hellfire looks? No. A leak where? I don't know. I didn't go look at it because I actually want to be surprised with the looks, but I did see that it happened. Why a leak of what happens in the Hellfire got a leak? No, the looks. looks. All the looks got leaked. Apparently. Oh, they can they can leak that to me. I want to see the looks. I want to see what these girls are wearing. Yeah. You probably find it if you look up like Hellfire got a leak or something. Um, I didn't look at it just because I really wanted to like. I don't know something about the Hellfire gala feels like it shouldn't be spoiled. Like the looks should just come out naturalistically. Um, because that's half of the fun is just to be surprised by what they're wearing and to talk about it. Um. 
it's like you know you don't want to spoil like it's like how we said like some some series some events should take once a month approach and some should be like once a week this feels like a thing that i feel like their strategy should just be what it is because there's not a lot of issues not a lot of comics running right now so it's not a lot of conversation and so if you ruin it it's like you'll ruin the overall event and it's not seeing when we're gonna get another one like i there's too much about comic book culture today gets ruined by social media I, I I agree because I, I have a friend of mine who's really deeply into like movies and stuff and he enjoys the spoiler part of it. I don't. Um mm-hmm. I did Google I did Google. I only saw one thing and it involved more of a tag. It actually was a, sto- a story spoiler. Um so I suggest you not Google Hellfire Gala spoilers. Um but I don't know who I don't understand what the panel is addressing, what's about to happen next. It but I didn't see any looks. Anyhow. But like I don't like a lot of spoilers because like I really want to enjoy stuff. And also like for me, like especially like being a Transformer fan and the Transformer movie is coming out and there is a Transformer toy collector uh that notoriously gets stolen Transformer product from Asian countries and mm-hmm. and and shows them long before Hasbro ever has to have an official uh debut. And I really don't like that because I want to wait till it's my time to see the content. I'm patient enough mm-hmm. as a fan. You know, I want to buy the bullshit. Like we're all gonna, we're all, we're all gonna buy it. We're all gonna buy yeah. it. It's like you if you spoil, if you spoil Multiverse of Madness for us, I might stab you in the throat. Oh, girl! I might talk yeah. shit about Doctor Strange, but I want to see that movie. I want to enjoy it. I want to go to a theater, sit my black ass in a seat, and amaze me, mutant killer. Show yeah, me what and you that's got. That's <laughs> and, that's and that's why I say, as much as I like, I love to utilize Twitter. I, I definitely stay away from it in terms of you know new releases on comic books and um, movies because it, it's definitely like it definitely ruins like the suspense and like the yearning right. for wanting to, you know, go to the movies and see like see things for your own for your own eyes and and experience like these this this like new scenes with your favorite characters and and get, you know, certain surprises and easter eggs and shit. Like it just I I I stay away from social media when shit like that happens because I don't like the fact that you know people just ruin shit for you know every everybody that's invested in these movies or these comics and this is it's ridiculous nowadays that people feel the need to do that like you're not doing us a favor <laughs> right right no and not at all and i think that's and i think that's part of the problem too because it's like there's such a culture of people who are like spoiling stuff and and the thing is that like they they share the information so unabashedly on social media that like like for instance like the drag race finale on Friday I could not log on to Twitter because I knew somebody was going to spoil it and I forgot to start muting words when the day started so I wouldn't see anything. Yeah, it's like it's because people are no longer invested in the content itself. They're not invested in the reaction, and I think that's a uh, really bad. Like premise starts like I said today. Literally, I was just talking about like how I didn't think Cyclops was a cop anymore. Um, and it's just a very valid opinion. I'm like, I just don't see him in that light. I feel like he's a lot, he's vindicated himself for a lot of the things. It's why I now I wouldn't mind reading a Cyclops comic book rather than reading a Wolverine comic book, because it feels like they have inverted themselves across the board. Like Wolverine is the white man you don't want to read about, but Cyclops, especially radical Cyclops, 
especially in this new day and age, I wouldn't mind reading about how he wrestles with like knowing that law enforcement would kill him or wants to kill him, but also being a former goody two shoes about shit. It's just he has a lot more interesting character development and like character interactions across the board from Maddie to Jean to Emma to Cable to all the situations that you just don't get a chance to see that much. Um, right. And then they're going to say, oh, but he's a general, right? And I was like, huh? He's a, he's a general. That's worse than being a cop. And I was like, I don't think you read the comics for you to say that because he's a war captain, first of all, and a captain isn't a general. And then became an argument that, oh, so you're saying that that's, that you're just doing weak semantics right now because it's the same thing. And fundamentally, it sounds like you're saying that being a general isn't as bad as being a cop. And that feels wild to me. And I was like, I feel like you're trying to fish for me to say something here that I have not said. And I can't see how you got to that point. But I feel it in you to then take whatever I'm about to say, quote, retweet it, screenshot it, or DM it to someone and go look at this verified person talking shit about things he doesn't understand. But I'm like, or you could just like talk to me about the comic book and I could tell you about my interpretation of things. And then you can go, oh, that's interesting. Or you can go, I never thought about it like that. But, you know, that's your welcome to your opinion. And then we could just go our separate ways, having a positive interaction about material that we have both interacted with. But they don't want to do that anymore. They just want to react to the storyline about it and say what they didn't like about it and what they did, rather than just enjoying the experience, period, sometimes. Like, we joke about not liking I me liking the Eternals and Henry not liking the Eternals all the time. Right. But it doesn't right. mean that if I get really excited about an issue of something and I'm earnestly like I'm really happy I took the time. Like with the Eternals movie, I didn't watch any trailers. Wow. I wanted to watch a movie for the first time where I didn't know anything about the source material like that. Or I got involved with the source material in preparation with the thing that's about to come out because it's the opportunity for me to get to know this extended history of things walked into the situation and walked out and still went hey you guys should go watch it on your own merit and then right. we can talk about reactions afterwards i don't think people want to do that anymore i think they just want to be the first ones to be right um and i think maybe it has something to do with fan theories maybe it has something to do with the fact that a lot of people brand themselves nowadays off of being the expert nerd in something and so they want to be right because if they're right about something it builds their ethos, which is authority for people who didn't go to college. It builds their ethos up um, and a small little network that can go, okay, so now I should get the clout that everyone else is getting. And I don't know, that's trash. That's not how you build a career or anything. That's how you make a temporary platform that's not able to sustain itself. Because, like, because like spoiler people are just as tantamount as, goth- as gossip bloggers to me. Yeah, I just I just, I just don't support I just don't support that level of journalism to me because it takes it takes a joy because like, you have casually see information and I remember like it was like really fucked up story well not fucked up story for an interesting story when I was a kid my mother would hide our Christmas gifts and one year I found them and I remember like I looked at the toys almost every day to the day of Christmas and got to the day of Christmas and was like oh. Like I had to act like I was excited. I didn't really enjoy the toys. I've been staring at them for the last like like 25 days, and now I'm got the toys in my hand. And I'm just like I'm not feeling anything. And I'm such a, and I'm such a person that used to love Christmas as a kid. So like I said, never again will I surprise myself or spoil a gift. This was like me as a kid, never ever again. So as an adult, it's just like you know, it's it's like I think there's a there's a there's a level of like fan theories and rumors which is fun. 
versus flat out saying, here's a screen capture from Spider-Man No Way Home, or, or like how they spoiled the Doctor the, the Spider-Man trailer, and they had to release the trailer earlier than they anticipated, because yes. it was already starting to go around. So mm-hmm. it's like it, it's it takes the it takes the whole excitement out of it, like the the thrill. Yeah, and that's kind of like they they did um, something similar with that um, Justice League Snyder cut where everybody was freaking out because Wonder Woman was being burned on the pyre or whatever, but it was from, mm-hmm. like, that night. It was, like, from that night. And I ain't gonna lie, I was one of the people that freaked because I am a Diana Prince fan. So... Mm-hmm. <laughs> As you are. Yeah, to, to see, like, you know, Diana being burned on the pyre, but to come to find out, it was, like, uh, that nightmare, um, that nightmare sequence or whatever, but... It's still the fact that, you know, um, they they spoiled, like, a good chunk of that movie. Like, I mean, a good uh-huh. chunk of that uh-huh. scene. So they spoiled, like, um, uh, uh, Superman killing uh, Lois Lane. And um, I forgot what else happened in that. But it, it just, it, it, it definitely just, it just ruins it. It just ruins it. And social media... If you know, if 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 it's something that you know, I really want to see. Like I just know better. I just I sign off. I just stay off of it. I don't check. I don't check hashtags or I don't mute it. Like I I just I don't want any spoilers. I like to. I like that. I like that thrill. I like that excitement. And I just feel like people take that away just for a, uh, just for temporary attention. Yeah. Yeah. So. And that's and that's really the unfortunate part, mostly. Yeah. Because you really want you really want to sit and enjoy things, and I think people don't take the considerable amount of time to realize they're like, oh, I could be ruining this thing for this person, and not realizing that, like, or like, or like this 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 tweet or whatever goes viral. Now everybody has seen it, and you're just like, oh, it's like oh, X amount of retweets, no one's seen it, but did you look at your impressions? Mm-hmm. People, people have probably seen it, and now you didn't ruin something. And also, like, depending on on a level of what you possibly have done, you know, you're facing a lawsuit too. But that's another situation. Um, <laughs> Shit. I, just, I think, I think there's just a certain point to where people need to just like chill, and you know, or or like you know, you know, one thing I will say, like, there's a YouTuber who's, like, into, like, news and, and, and celebrity stuff. Her name is Grace Randolph. Mm, and that heifer. Uh. <laughs> I, I, don't th- I don't think anybody really... I don't think anybody black really cares for Grace Randolph. I, some, of my, some of my Grace Randolph gets on my fucking nerves. It, Under it, it your always, skin, right? Like, it's... It I think it's the Karen way. energy. Yeah, it comes across very Karen adjacent. Like, it's like, like, Grace Randolph is one of those white women who think that she's an ally, but she's really not. And she's immensely problematic, but doesn't realize it. So, like, it's really hard to stomach her. Um, so I really don't, like, enjoy watching her content because it comes across very racist. But I think that she, and very problematic. Condescending. So, like, yeah, it's, 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 it's very, it's, it's very, it's very Karen. She thinks she's a Jane, but she's really a Karen. Like, it's giving Abigail, it's like Myra X fused right. with Abigail brand energy. It's really giving that woman that lot on Emmett Till. I'm sorry, that's what it feels like to me. I'm just gonna say that. Um, 
it's really giving Ruth Nega and um in passing, it's really giving that um very problematic. I can't like mm-hmm. girl, you're not you're not an ally. But however, to Grace's credit, she does do her reviews in the real time that the movie is actually released, and she'll do a non-spoiler and a spoiler review. And I will say that even when she does the non-spoiler reviews, she really does not spoil anything of the movie. If you get to the spoiler reviews, then you know all, all the tea comes out. But like, I, can, I can watch spoilers if it's something that I'm not interested in seeing, like the Batman. I was not interested in seeing, like, at all. And it's so funny, it's on, this, it's, on, it's on HBO Max now. I'm still not interested in really seeing it. Cause it like, after, it's an like, investment, really, honestly. Way, fuck you, Zoe Kravitz. Fuck you, sis. Girl, <laughs> it's three hours long. You don't even get Ninja Batman. Ninja Batman is the best version of Batman. Hey Amen. Fuck you, Zoe Kravitz. Huzzy. <laughs> Anywho, <laughs> what's up for this week? Where were you anticipating? I'm, I have the the comic release uh, thing in front of me right now, I, and typically the website is up to date on what's going to be released. Typically, typically. Um, it's looking like we are getting Knights of X, and it's looking like we're getting Saber Two. Okay. Um, fingers so, crossed. Fingers crossed. Yes, but if you don't get that, there's also seems to be Thor number twenty four is popping up too. Um, which I think me and Showtime have said before that Thor is actually really good right now. Is it's been consistently good. I don't know if they're going to ever touch on the Phoenix Force situation. I'll stay apprised of that just in case they do. Let y'all know if he's ever going to address I, it. There's a rumor about this banner of war thing that's happening that something's going to happen to Thor as a result of it. And it involves the Phoenix. So I'm also still wondering which, um, because I've been keeping up with Thor, but um, I, I hope I didn't miss anything with it. Um Thanos having um, Malior and uh, the Affinity Stones attached to it. What's are they doing anything with that that we know of? I don't or think so. Just... It looked like a premonition of the future. We still don't know yet. It was like a situation of his and his and like rising anxiety, and it seems right. to be attached to the God of Hammer situation that's going on in there. And maybe it was just a thing where he misinterpreted like it was a representation of his worst possible nightmare coming true or something. But and the, and the thing is too that um Jane is about to become Thor again. Yeah, because Thor is gonna he's now fully adopted the Odin force and they call it the Thor Force now. But I'm sitting here like when I saw that happen, I was like, wait a minute. Wouldn't it be funny if the Thor Force is just a portion of the Phoenix Force? And then it hit me that it basically is. <laughs> like, how he described the Odin Force is literally the same thing as the Phoenix Force. It's slowly matching up. That's what it's looking like. Well, I like, don't like it. I don't like it. You don't have to like it. It just feels like that might be the thing that they're going for, is that that quintessential force that Odin has was, in fact, Thor's mutant potential or something. Um We'll see. They haven't locked it down. They mention it in the Eternals, which it was important to note. They made a big note, like a wink-wink situation at, like, yeah, the Phoenix and Thor don't have the best relationship. In fact, they never talk um, because their relationship is very strained. But a situation goes down when you start throwing hands, and the first one to get taken out is the Phoenix, and Thor reacts. 
like almost instinctually um because the eternals are beating the ass Okay. Mm, yeah. I'm. I'm just. Uh, I'm. I'm ready. And, and by the way, I am ready for this accident, the AXE event. I'm ready for that. I'm waiting for that. Actually, it's coming. I. I am now fully 110 percent in on it. I can now argue the point fully that in actuality, this isn't an, a crapshoot. This actually makes a lot of sense. I'm like apocalypse and canon was a fail-safe built. Like, he's a world defense system built by the Celestials. And they mentioned in that issue that there is, like, several layers of world defense that they built. They built the Star Brand as a world defense system. Then they built the Eternals. And then they built the mutants. And when they noticed the mutants were so successful, they went and then they prioritized turning Apocalypse into a system for which either he would challenge humanity so much that they grow stronger and thrive, or he will lead humanity and mutant kind to making the population of the earth the best it needs to be. So basically, Apocalypse as an external has a function to the Celestials in the same way that the Eternals do. The problem is that it's like they explained it like a little antivirus situation, like you can't have too many antivirus softwares near a computer, that they don't like each other. So the Eternals don't like a star brand who don't like who don't like an apocalypse situation? And apocalypse don't like either of them. Ooh. It's yeah, like actually, you remember Uncanny. Uh, well, I think it was Uncanny X Force or something, where mm-hmm. Evan was introduced. Like um, Kid Kid Apocalypse yeah. was introduced in it. Yeah. In that situation, yeah, in the dead in the Death Sea situation, all that. Um, in that is where they talk about the lore or what it means to be apocalypse. And they're like, oh yeah, the celestials built this thing and like he's a fail-safe system. And like there always technically has to be an apocalypse. So if one dies or refuses to adopt the mantle, then someone else with the potential or an heir to it can be rewarded with the death seed. Which means technically that because apocalypse left, there needs to be a new one that steps up. Yeah. So it's a whole situation. I know that, like, I think that, like, Evan is actually eligible for resurrection now. Because of the whole, like, the the whole clone clause being changed. He is. He is eligible for resurrection. I wonder how far back in the uh, queue he is. I feel like he should be right far. I just think. He wasn't in the queue at all. That was the thing. It's like when they Uh they allowed Madeline to be resurrected, they had a, they allowed, they allowed the other ones now. Well, I think it's because he has no friends who are on the five. That's the thing. There's no Xavier's, uh, there's no Jean Grey school students there. Like, they're all either from the time, they're, it's Tempest and Egg are from the um, Xavier's Institute that was in, like, Antarctica, the Antarctica um, Institute. Um, so no one knows really him, except for, like, the closest people to, like, Evan was, like, Oya eye boy brood like those people um so no one really with power is able to argue in his favor also i think it might also just be they can't prove that he's dead because he died in an alternate dimension oh Mm. i don't know we'll see but i'm excited for the accident as well um 
even though I feel like it's probably just only going to be the actual X-Men involved, and that's it. And Krakoa proper probably won't get involved with it. I don't know. Jurg is on some dumb shit. Like, they're doing some deep shit right now. Like, they're talking about, like, because I know Henry isn't reading Eternals right now. Some of our fans aren't either. But they did some shit where Thanos and Druig just, like, they're doing, like, high-caliber telepathy situations of, like, deeply violating someone's brain to unlock these war machines that are hidden all across the planet in pocket dimensions. And so they're about to step their shit up with, like, finding world-ending weapons. Thanos is pissed. He's enjoying it too much. Um, fucking, I'm always forgetting her name. Uh, from the Eternals, you know who I'm talking about, Vante. You talking about um, uh, I forgot who you're talking about. Ajax. Oh, Ajax. Okay. Ajax has lost her goddamn mind. It's like Sister has always been a little unhinged. Um, spoilers, but like she's the reason why like fucking Makari died when she was still a boy. She murdered him in cold blood just because sure their did. god liked her more. You sure did because wasn't she like the um, ones that the uh, the celestials spoke to instead the high of priest. AJ, yeah. the high priest? Yeah. So I remember, I remember that. Yes, Ajax always been a hating ass bitch. <laughs> she's always been a hating ass bitch, like all throughout everything. And like in this, she's pissed at the Celestials because they abandoned them and they started speaking to the Avengers instead. And Ajax right. just lost her shit and started like torturing a ghost of their god. So imagine if someone started torturing Jesus just because, mm. like, <laughs> just because they didn't like that they were talking to like. Black people. That's basically what's going on with uh, Macari. So oh. it's getting weird. <laughs> That's very, it's getting very weird. <laughs> very entertaining. Very weird. Black Panther is throwing hands against an Eternal and beating his ass in a hallway. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So that's what we're looking forward to. Um, Per, I'm really excited to see how the Sabretooth thing continues. I don't feel like we're about to get anything more than like a um, a mini with Sabretooth. I think it's going to be six issues, honestly. Because the I'll, print... I'll, go ahead, I'm sorry. I was saying this is the print issues that we're having recently seems to, go, to be like it's going to be a consistent thing that factors into why certain comics get canceled. Yeah, I think Sabretooth is going to be one of them that gets canceled. Uh, well, they downgrade paper again. Marvel did that at one point where, like, they um, did premium and non-premium issues where, like, they had, like, a regular newspaper paper, and then they switched to the glossy paper. You had a few, but you had to pay, like, 40 cents more. It was really interesting. It was, like, years ago. Mm. It was, like, it was a paper It was a paper crisis, and they ended up having a downgrade. It switched, like, how DC has newspaper paper instead of the glossy paper mm. I, I mean at least DC stepped up the stories though I see that the Shadow War is going well um, it, is, it is actually really good I am actually reading that it is actually really good it's really good Batman is in his motherfucking bag as it might go 
uh, <laughs> back to being a ninja again. Like I said, it's the best version of Batman is Ninja Batman. Yeah. Um, yeah. Then there's also the trial of the Amazons. They you just uncovered who did it. You know, so I'm, I'm about to um, actually read that as soon as I get up. As soon as we get down. As soon as we wrap up. <laughs> oh, we're about to wrap up soon. Any last thoughts for our audiences before they um, before we wrap this up? Um, fuck Zoe Kravitz. I have nothing else. <laughs> um... Yes, I agree. Fuck Zoe Kravitz. Um, we cast her. Let's get a dark skinned woman this time. Yeah, I know. I know that that's a, a taboo topic. Um, also, okay. rest in peace, Fantastic Beast franchise. Uh, you hardly been here, but you was hardly worth the you know existence. Uh, something about you said Zoe Kravitz. She was in the second Fantastic Beast movie. But it was such a insulting role. She basically played the child of a sexual assault. The first ever mention of sexual assault in Harry Potter mythos history, period. She plays that shit. Oh. It's like her mother was abducted by a dark wizard and she was mentally like enslaved as a black woman, mentally, psychically enslaved by the wizard, and then sexually assaulted on repeat, therefore. Um, while she was brainwashed and gave birth to this Zoe Kravitz. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. And the oh, whole wow. girl apparently had a younger brother that who she murdered by accident via crib death, where she swapped it out on a ship and let it drown. Um, and she dies in the same movie. It was... Talk about black plight, you know, black pain is all through that shit. Fuck you, J.K. Rowling. You're gonna burn in hell one day, sis. That sounds dark sided. I don't like that. And you know, it was the best storyline in the entire movie. That's the sad part. Is that dark sided? Anywho. (laughs) Thank you guys for stopping by. Love it, love that for you. <laughs> Bye. Bye, Bye guys. <laughs>